Hello, here we go. We're coming up to 100 podcast episodes. Do you know that? Up to 100 now. What's 100 weeks? It must be two years worth, mustn't it, almost? It must be 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, it must be. Hope you're doing all right in lockdown. The weather's helped, hasn't it? We've had some lovely weather in the UK. Well, down south anyway. I think up in Scotland it's been a bit rainy. Down here it's good. Tuesday was absolutely red hot. It was, honestly, it was like a sort of midsummer's day. It was incredible. I was out in the garden with my shorts on and my top off. I don't know what the neighbours thought. I heard some screams and windows slamming shut. So <laughs> I don't think the neighbours like that. No, seriously, it was really nice. And Wednesday and Thursday were supposed to be really nice. But it was overcast. You know what it's like? The sun's up there, isn't it? Above the kind of hazy, overcast, whatever it's called. They're not clouds. It's like a, I don't know, a foggy, misty stuff. A few hundred or a couple of thousand feet up or whatever it is. And of course, above that, as you know, if you've been in an aeroplane, above that, blue sky, red hot sunshine, absolutely wonderful. But there we are. It's not cold, so I'm not going to complain. Well, I am. <laughs> anyway, it's Easter. You'll be listening to this on uh, Easter Sunday. The weather next week... Uh, I've heard is what was it gale forced winds uh, hailstones and possibly snow so <laughs> after this lovely weather we've had dreadful anyway happy Easter for when you hear this so what have we got good Friday Saturday's ordinary day uh, Sunday then Monday's bank holiday isn't it Easter Monday and then back to winter <laughs> no 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 I mustn't start off on a depressing note happy Easter anyway relationships at school you know how you start off relationships I mean I went to an all boys school so no girls there unfortunately and this uh, chap I got to know him quite well and we became what I suppose we would call best friends uh, no other name for it really we were best mates it, it was great we saw each other weekends on the odd evenings stuff like that always out and about if we're over the woods you know we, t- we were together um, went downtown perhaps at the weekend Saturday morning cinema, we went in there, and a few other mates as well, but we were best friends. And in the mornings, we'd meet up at uh, a roundabout near us, it was kind of between where we both lived, and then we'd either walk or cycle into school. Sometimes he was late or I was late, so we'd meet at school. And one Monday morning, I was in the playground, I hadn't seen him, I was in the playground, our usual spot, we used to hang out by the trees in the corner of the playground. And I saw him walking in from the main gate, came into the playground, looked at me and walked straight past me. And I just watched him. I I thought, what's going on? He'd seen me because I shouted out, hi, all right. And he just ignored me, totally ignored me. He was chatting to this other chap in our class in the playground, chatting to him. I mean, we both knew him. We both chatted to him. But uh, anyway, I didn't know what to do. I just thought, well, leave it. I don't know what's wrong, leave it. We went into assembly, the whole school, 600 boys, good grief. All went into assembly. After that, went to our first class. Oh, no, went to our form class. Yeah, you do, was it the register? I can't remember which way round it was. And he was sitting next to this other boy and he was chatting away to him. Again, totally ignoring me. At the end of the day, instead of walking home or cycling home with me, he made his own way home. And this went on all that week. He just totally ignored me all the week. I didn't even approach him. I thought, I'm not playing. You know, even at, what were we, 12, 13 years old, 
you know, even at that age, I thought, I'm not doing silly games. You know, I'm not doing this, or I'm not speaking to you. And, oh, he's not speaking to me. You know, although we were kids, I wasn't going to play kids' games. It was pathetic, to be honest. The following Monday, I was in the playground, just hanging around, and he came over to me. Hi, Ray, how are you doing? And I just, I just stared at him. I, what is going on? You know, it's weird. I just said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, yeah. And I did say to him, well, what happened last week? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you, t- you kind of totally ignored me all week. You know, what What was the problem? Had I done something? No, no. He said, no, you hadn't done anything. So I, I pushed, you know, what was the problem? I sort of pressed the point. Well, what was the matter? He said, nothing. No, nothing. No, I, I was just talking to Steve, this other chap. And he didn't explain. He never did explain. Of course, after that, our sort of friendship, our, our best mate's status that we, I thought we had, was ruined, really, because I, I thought, well, when's the next time he's just going to ignore me for a week? You know, when's the next time he's going to be like a child? I mean, we were kids, but you know, like a silly little child. I was absolutely pathetic. And, you know, we sort of stayed friends, hello and that, but I didn't see him weekends. Whenever I went over to the woods, I didn't tell him about it. I just went on my own or with some other, other boys. But uh, how peculiar that is, isn't it? What a strange relationship we had. I didn't really have any other friends at school. Billy and no mates, you're thinking. Oh, Billy, no mates. I'll tell you why I didn't have any friends. Because I didn't... (laughs) I didn't like anyone. For me, to have a friend, it has to be someone that I like. And obviously someone that likes me. I didn't like anyone. In our class of 40, 44, something like that. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like this other, you know, my so-called best mate in the end. I didn't even like him. I mean, I was civil to everyone. There was one boy, I don't know what his problem was. We were in the classroom just waiting for the teacher to turn up. And he came over to me and he said, hit me. Now, he was a lot bigger than me, quite a big lad. And I I said, what? He said, hit me, punch me. I said, what on earth for? What are you talking about? He said, go on, hit me. And I just walked off. I thought, I'm not playing. So he grabbed my arm, swung me round and hit me. (laughs) I do remember, I mean, what I did, I swung for him. I got him quite well in the, in the face and he fell to the floor. <laughs> of course, all the other kids, yeah, well done. After that, he didn't come anywhere near me. But what was that about? It hit me. What on earth? Did, oh, dear me. I just didn't like anyone. So I didn't really have any mates at school. A lot of people I know are still friends with people they knew at school even now you know and even now they're in their 70s 60s 70s they're still friends with people that they were at school with I just can't imagine that because as far as I'm concerned they were all oh, I better not say that um what's the what's the word I'm looking for well I didn't like any of them they were idiots that'll do one friend I did have not at my school but my sister's school this girl my sister's best friend we were sort of Boyfriend and girlfriend, I suppose. We were, what, 13? And we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, She was my first girlfriend. Got on well with her. Obviously met her because my sister brought her home after school one day for tea or whatever. You remember doing that? You have friends back for tea. And uh, this girl and I sort of, I don't know, we took to each other. And I used to cycle miles. She lived, oh, how many miles was it? Must be five miles at least away from me. And I used to cycle up there. Uh, actually more than five miles I'll have to look on the map 
and I'd spend the day on a Saturday, spend the day with her. Her mum would make us lunch and things. She lived in the country, which was, I love the country. She lived up there, it was beautiful. And there was this old hay barn and uh, we used to go over there. She, she'd built a camp, her and her other friends up there had built this camp in this hay barn. And we used to go in there among the bales of hay. But we were great friends. We stayed friends for, actually I last saw her about, I can't remember. I suppose about 15, 20 years. It must be about 20 years ago now I last saw her. So I, I haven't seen her for a while. But, uh, you know, we did stay friends. We kept in touch, which was nice. And we've lost touch now, unfortunately. But that was a, a good relationship. I used to see her after school because she had to get the bus. Uh, her girls' school, my sister's girls' school, wasn't far from my boys' school. So I'd see her after school briefly. Then she'd get the bus uh, up to the place in the village where she lived up in the sticks. So that was one relationship that did go on for decades. But I don't know, I mean, no one from my school. Because <laughs> uh, I don't, um, what is it? I don't suffer fools gladly. I don't suffer fools at all. I just cut them out. Talking of cutting people out or cutting them off, I should say. That's what I do. If someone's an idiot, I just cut them off and get rid of them. I was after a lathe. This is going back only, what, 10 years, about 10 years ago. I wanted a lathe, a little bench lathe, you know, just to do a little bit of metal work. And I happened to mention it to a, a good friend of mine. He was a good friend. And he said, uh, a few days later, he came back to me and he said, don't worry about getting a lathe. I've found one for you. And I said, oh, terrific. You know what? Tell me about it. Told me all about it. It's got all the accessories with it. It's a nice lathe. Belonged to a friend of his. And I said, right, how much? What do I owe you? £250, but don't worry about the money. I'm buying it for you. Wow. I, I said, wow, thank you. That's amazing. He said, no, no, no. You've done a lot for me in the past. So uh, that's my present. It's a gift to you. A week went by and he said, right, the chap's going to bring the lathe down to me. He lives in Winchester. He's going to bring the lathe down to me this weekend. I said, OK, right, fine. Uh, it's a bit of a long story, this, so I'll make it short. The weekend came and went and he contacted me and he said, oh, sorry, he couldn't make it. Something cropped up. The following weekend, the same thing. Right, he's going to bring it down to me. OK. Oh, he couldn't make it. Something cropped up. And I said, OK, well, not to worry. I cleared a place in my workshop down the end of the garden. I've got a big workshop. Cleared a space on the bench just for the lathe. Got some uh, special soluble oil and all that sort of thing. I ordered this from eBay. Got all the bits and pieces ready for when it arrived. Eventually, after about a month, he said, look, he's going to bring it straight to you. I won't be around at the weekend. He's going to bring it straight to you. I've given him your address. Uh, so stay in all day Sunday because I don't know what time, but he will be with you. My wife went off to a family barbecue. All the relations, all the family at this barbecue. I had to miss it, unfortunately. I was waiting for the chap to turn up with the lathe. This friend of mine said he'd paid him, so didn't need to worry about the money. I stayed in all day Sunday. Nothing. Sunday evening, I phoned this friend of mine and I said, well, what's happening now? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. He said, I don't know. I'm going to have to contact him. Another week or two went by and I said, look, it's Winchester. It's quite a way. Shall I drive there? How about this weekend? Yeah, I'll pick you up. We'll both drive up to Winchester and pick up the lathe. And he said, yeah, OK, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Right. OK, that's it. Definitely. You know, we're going to pick up the lathe this weekend. Just before the weekend, he contacted me. Oh, he won't be around this weekend. 
that's when I started. I think this is, it must have been at least two months after he'd first mentioned this lathe, probably more. And that's when I thought, hang on a minute, this lathe doesn't exist. Something's very wrong here. And I went to see this friend of mine and I said, you look, what is going on? Oh, no, no, it, no, no, it does exist because I actually put that to him. Are you sure this is real? Of course it's real. Yeah, I've paid him. Another two or three weeks went by. He contacted me, he said, look, I've uh, he's given the money back to me. He said, we can't sort of arrange this meeting. He's given the money back to me, so sorry, forget the lathe. The truth of the matter was that there, there was no lathe. There was no lathe at all. And I didn't cut him off at that point. I just thought, this is really odd. And then he said to me, this mutual friend of ours, we're all into amateur radio. He said, I've bought... Uh, this mutual friend, he said, I've bought him a brand new radio, £500 worth, it'll be here Monday. And uh, when he turns up Monday, I'm going to present him with it. And I said, oh, wow, that's that's really nice. Oh, he's done a lot for me. You know, he's looked after me, he's done a lot for me. The radio never did turn up. He said it went to the next door, it went to the wrong address, they sent it back. In the end, he got his money back. And that's when I realised 100%. He was full of, uh, what's that word beginning with B? can't remember, rubbish, nonsense. And I just cut him off because I didn't need people like that. He'd, he'd spun several other stories and lies about things. He said he was in the RAF and he wasn't. He wasn't in the RAF at all. He'd also said he was in the Merchant Navy. He'd been at sea and uh, he'd seemed to forget that he was in the RAF. He'd now been in the Navy and a lot of other stuff. And in the end, I just cut him off. I did tell him, I said, look, I'm sorry, I said, I can't cope with all this stuff. You know, I don't need all this in my life. And I said, that's it, end of. But uh, what a strange person. He did phone me eventually and he said, look, I'm so sorry. He said, can we be mates? No more, uh, the B word, no, none of that, no more nonsense. And I said, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. But it was never the same. You know, it was never the same again. He'd ruined it. So I wonder what sort of relationships you're thinking about now. You're probably thinking back to your school days or perhaps someone that you've known recently that's now not speaking. I've never understood this business of not speaking to people. It's odd, isn't it? I mean, if you've had a big argument with someone and they're not speaking to you and you're not speaking to them, you're avoiding each other, I can understand that. But I know a lot of people that have said, oh, so-and-so isn't speaking to me. And I said, Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> Just not speaking to me. You know, even now at my age, it happens. Uh, one of our local group and uh, amateur people is not speaking to me at the moment. I don't know why. He hasn't spoken to me now for two or three weeks. I don't quite know what's happened, but <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? In fact, he wasn't speaking to, I think it was four or five other people and I said to him, oh, I'm not getting into all that, you know, gave all that up at school. I had enough of that at school. And then he's not speaking to me. So I don't know what's going on there. But relationships, it's not always... When you mention relationships to someone, you, they think, oh, marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, couple of people that are in love or whatever. But it's not always that, is it? You can have friends. Uh, friend of my wife, here's a good one. Friend of my wife uh, knew each other at school. They were friends up to about 10 years ago. And then suddenly her friend went weird. <laughs> I won't go into the details because, uh, you know, someone locally might know and be listening. I'm not going to go into that. 
They were good friends. I think they met at school when they were 12 and they remained good friends up to about 10 years ago. So that's decades. Best of friends for decades. You know, got both got married, both had kids, remained friends. And then suddenly this woman just, I don't know, just cut my wife off. Isn't it weird? Mind you, she cut off, there were a whole group of them. And one by one, she was cutting off all these group members. And I don't know, she must have been a bit thick. She didn't realise that in the end, she didn't have any... <laughs> she only had one person that she was speaking to. She cut the rest off. And of course, the rest still remained as a group. She ousted herself from the, the group. How weird is that? And I bet you're thinking now, I know someone like that. If Yeah, email me. Raiserants at protonmail.com because I'd love to hear your your stories and recollections or even current things that are going on where people aren't speaking. I know you sometimes you hear about funny neighbours, don't you? My neighbours are absolutely brilliant. Our whole, I think I've said before, our whole road here, we're all on WhatsApp together and on Facebook. and We all keep up with what's going on and you know we keep an eye out for each other. Uh, we're not in each other's pockets, don't get me wrong, but we've all got a good friendly relationship with each other. Again, back to that word, relationship. It's really good. Every time I walk out of the front door, there's someone there. Hello, Ray. Oh, hello. All right. Always someone around. If any of them are going on holiday, they'll say, you know, we're off on holiday next week. Won't be around. Right. OK, we'll keep an eye on your house. It's really good. That's how neighbours should be. But of course, you do hear of some dreadful dreadful neighbours. Uh, I, I just think that we're very, very fortunate because it must be awful to have to move house because you've got dreadful neighbours. Mind you, I'm probably, a, no, I'm not a dreadful neighbour. I'm all right. They all know me. They all think, oh, that's that funny bloke, Ray. <laughs> that's the one with the aerials. He puts up aerials and bits of wire all over the place and talks to people on his radio all around the world. A nerd. That's it. That's what I am, a nerd. And sometimes if you walk past the house, you can hear me listening to or bashing out Morse code, having a Morse code contact with someone. <laughs> Proper nerd, I love it. How about sulking? Now, this is true. I knew someone who sulked, him and his wife had a disagreement, and they sulked, he did, for three weeks. He didn't speak to his wife and he sulked for three weeks. Can you believe that? I can't. Well, I can because I knew I knew him. I knew it happened. I cannot abide sulking. If you can't get your own way, it's no good. When you're a child, oh, you can't get your own way. You stamp your foot and you storm off and you sulk. I'm not speaking. I've got the worst parents in the world. I hate my parents. All this nonsense. You know, we've all been there. We've all heard it. But when you're an adult, this chap was in his 40s. And he would sulk for England. <laughs> and he didn't speak to his wife for three weeks. A three-week sulk. So it's not only relationships outside the family, you know, friends and whatever. It's people within families that fall out and have problems. Isn't that weird? Apart from sulking, I knew a chap. I'm not mentioning any names. I'm not going to mention names. I knew a chap. He would sulk. He'd go down to the end of the garden where he lived in his family. He'd argue with his wife or whatever had happened. He couldn't get his own way. Typical spoilt brat type of person. And he, he'd walk down to the end of the garden and stand sideways on to the house 
and look down at the ground and sulk. And every now and then he'd look up. He'd turn his head to, to the right, if, you, if you're with me, to look at the house to see if anyone was at the window watching him. He wanted people to know that he was at the end of the garden sulking because of whatever reason he couldn't get his own way. He was in his 40s. Coming, <laughs> I, I've told my wife this and I've said, can you imagine me standing down the end of the garden looking at the ground? Well, I'm not speaking. I'm not going to speak to anyone. And every now and then I look over to the window to see, make sure that she's looking so she knows I'm sulking. <laughs> I mean, the bloke wants pudding in a sack, you know, come on. What sort of marriage is that? I don't do sulking. When my wife and I met, we'd had some weird relationships in the past, not, not together with other people. And we said, OK, no mind games. All right, no mind games. If there's a problem, say what it is. So you, you know how you're saying, uh, are you OK? Yes. Are you sure everything's all right? Yes. <laughs> Obviously, it's not all right. And that's what we agreed before we got married. We would do none of that. None of that nonsense, mind game rubbish. <laughs> or sulky. I mean, I don't sulk anyway. I've never sulked in my life. If I can't get my own way, I just think, oh, oh I won't say that word. <laughs> do you know, I must, I, I've said before, haven't I, about being politically correct. I mustn't swear. I can say, what can I say? Oh, yes, if I don't get my own way, I just think, oh, bum. <laughs> That's all right, isn't it? Some relationships are good and they last a lifetime. Even from school days, I do know people that have still got friends now in their 60s and 70s that they were people that they were at primary school with. That, that's kind of, um, what is it, middle school, is it? There's, I don't know, it's all changed. Because my so-called big school was a secondary modern school. Before that, it was primary, and before that, it was infant school. But it's all changed. There's middle school and lower and upper and outer school and inner school. I don't know. I hated the whole damn thing anyway. <laughs> didn't like the people. Didn't like the teachers. They didn't like me. No, I don't think they didn't like me. I did get on well with one or two of the teachers. Um, I won't go into that because we're not talking about schools. But, uh, yeah, relationships... Some people can have, I, I, th I think it's, you can have a good relationship with someone for your life if you are kind of understanding, what is it, give and take, isn't it? They say in a marriage, give and take. You can't have someone that's in charge, someone that is the boss and you're not doing this, you're not doing that. I mean, with us two, sometimes my wife, she'll go out with her friends, she'll go off with her friends for a weekend, a weekend away. They go to Butlin's. How about that? They go to Butlins, these music weekends. And I just think, right, they're off to Butlins. I'm going to go on my radio. You know, I'm going to go on my radio and have a chat and do Morse code and stuff and have a couple of beers and whatever. I don't mind at all. I mean, I'm not going to sulk because she's gone to Butlins, you know, a load of girls. I mean, I've been with them. Uh, they've had sort of the girls and the husbands gone as well. And I don't like it. I can't get on with it. I mean, nothing against Butlins. It's great if you like that sort of thing. But I don't like that sort of... The toilets there, oh, good grief. On some of these music weekends, you can imagine... I don't know how many people it holds this place. You're there Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. And it really is a good weekend, but I have issues. <laughs> Not with myself or other people. I just have problems with things like toilets. I don't like toilets. And at Butlins, imagine, I don't know, several hundred blokes in the place. 
and there are only two toilets. So I won't go into details in case you're having a dinner or your breakfast or lunch or something, but you go into the toilet and the floor is wet. In fact, it's flooded. So I've always joked, oh, we're going to Butlins, I'm going to take my Wellington boots with me. I'm not going to, I don't wear my best shoes anymore. I used to when we first started going. I don't wear best shoes anymore because they get wet and it's not water. And it's awful. Every time I need to look, I think, oh, here we go. Right, here we go. And I go off. There's a huge queue of blokes. They're all drunk. Well, not all of them. Yeah, picture the scene. You probably are picturing the scene. You're probably thinking, oh, stop. Change the subject. Right, moving on swiftly. I forget why we're talking about Butlins now. Oh, yeah, because that's what it is. There's one of the ladies that goes along. Her husband doesn't like it. He doesn't want her to go there. I don't know what he thinks she's going to get up to, all sorts of things, I suppose. But he doesn't like it. So what does he do? They all phone home, you know. They phone and uh, I get the phone call and she'll say, you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. How are you doing? Oh, great, we did this. We saw so-and-so group playing and this band and that. And, and it's having a great time. And I say, oh, that's terrific. Yeah, glad you're enjoying it. And I'm fine here, no problems. This other poor lady, this friend of my wife's, she phones her husband and she'll say, everything all right? Well, no, not really. <laughs> and he puts the dampers. She stopped phoning him in the end. Of course, he moaned about that because he just ruins the weekend for her when she phones and says, everything OK at home? Not really, no, this has happened and that's happened. Oh, I was looking for so-and-so and I can't find that. I don't know where that is. And he is such a miserable... What's that word I'm looking for again? That begins with B as well. A uh, person that uh, she doesn't phone home anymore. And he never asks how she's getting her. Oh, you join the weekend? Doesn't do any of that. It's just at home, <laughs> miserable, and <laughs> sulking on his own. <laughs> I think the secret of a good marriage, or one of the, it's not a secret, is it? You don't own each other, you know? You don't, uh, you don't tell each other what to do all the time. You don't live in each other's pockets. I mean, some couples, they do everything together. They haven't got their own friends. They do everything together. That might work for some. It doesn't work for all. I mean, my amateur radio friends I've got, I'll pop round and see one of them, or one of them will pop round and see me. I want to have a chat. And my wife says, oh, where are you going? You're not going out again, are you? Well, what about me? What am I going to do? Because I know people like that. Don't want to be left at home on their own. But they don't want to go with them, with the, you know, the other half or whatever. So... Yeah, I don't think it's good or you're living in each other's pockets or thinking that you own, you know, one of them owns the other one. You have to ask permission. Oh, is it all right if I, you know, go out with one of the little group of friends this Saturday? You know, if we're not doing anything. Oh, I don't know. Well, what about me? What am I going to do? What do you mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> this silly. Oh, that's another word I can't use. <laughs> You've got to be adult. You've got to be grown up. But, uh, oh dear, not speaking to people. That is so pathetic. What's that? What's that noise? I know what that is. That's our WhatsApp group in the street. I expect that someone saying, is that Ray doing next week's podcast, next Sunday's podcast? Because I think they all listen to it. I think all the neighbours listen to this. I know some of them do. So I have to say nice things. I've got lovely neighbours. Oh, they're so good. My neighbours are brilliant. They're not really. They're dreadful. <laughs> no, that's not true. They are lovely. It's probably a different thing altogether, but relationships in the old days, you, well, you didn't have a relationship with a bar staff in a pub as such, but you'd, you know, you'd walk into a pub, 
you can't do that now, they're all closed. And you go up to the bar and the lady or the chap behind the bar would say, good evening or, or whatever time, or good afternoon, what can I get for you? Quite pleasant, quite polite. These days, when the pubs are open, it seems, I'm not all pubs, again, I'm not knocking all pubs as I, as I wasn't knocking butlins when I was, but these days you're lucky if you get a grunt. You know, I've walked up to the bar, we've popped out perhaps for Friday evening, go and have a drink somewhere, and you go up to the bar and you get a... Uh. <laughs> what sort of, that's not customer relationship, isn't it? Cust, customer relations or whatever they call it. Some nonsense these days. I might say something like, oh, what, uh, what ales have you got? Well, that one and that one. <laughs> They're not interested. They're just not interested at all. Same in shops. Oh, my wife. You'll love this. This was recent. Well, uh, I don't know, whenever it was, a year ago. She went into a shop. I was in there with her, but I was hovering around looking at some stuff. And she went up to the counter. Two girls were having a chat. And they were chatting about their night out at the week. It must have been a Monday because they'd been out at the weekend. And my wife stood there with the thing that she got, uh, put it on the counter. I forget what it was. She put it on the counter. She wanted to buy it. And these girls were rabbit, 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 rabbit. Oh, and we did this and we did that. And I met this chap and they're going on like this. And my wife just stood there. And eventually one of the girls just sort of looked over. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife said, if you two, you know, when you stopped rabbiting, when you stopped chatting about what you did or didn't do at the weekend, if you wouldn't mind serving me. And one of them said, oh, no need to be like that anyway. Needless to say, my wife just said, oh, forget it then and walked out. What sort of customer relation is that? There was another one I know. I'm not going to say who it was. This chap I know, he was doing the weekly shopping. He's good like that. Got it all in the basket. You know, the big push-along trolley. Got all the shopping into the trolley. Went up to the counter. Uh, not the counter, the, you know, the checkout thing. And there were about three people in front of him. So the girl served the three people. Then she put this notice on the conveyor belt, you know, where you put your shopping, and it said, position closed. And he said, excuse me, I've just been queuing up here, you know, for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes or whatever, while you... So, and she said, I'm sorry, I'm closed. And he said, yeah, but I've just been queuing. I mean, what sort of, you know, customer thing is that? Anyway, she said, oh, you'll have to use one of the other checkouts. She wouldn't do it. She'd known that he'd been standing there all that time so what did he do? He did exactly what I would have done. He just left the trolley there and he said, well, you have to put that lot away then, won't you? And walked out. And I thought, yeah, very good. That's right. Not all supermarkets are like that. Butlins is great. Not all shops are like that. <laughs> Not all pubs are like that. You have to say things like that, don't you? You have to, you, these days, you can't say something about a certain company or whatever. You get sued. <laughs> no, you don't get sued. But uh, you know what I mean? Friend of mine on the radio, he'll say, oh, I got that from Sainsbury's supermarket. And then he'll say, there are other good supermarkets uh, equally you know, to Sainsbury's, blah, blah, blah. You have to, I think it's an old rule or something. You can't advertise when you're amateur radio people, you know, ham radio, when you're chatting. You can't say, oh, so-and-so store is absolutely brilliant. It's far better than the others because that's advertising that store, I suppose, it's all pathetic. And he, he is old school. I mean, I'm not, I don't care. I just say Sainsbury's is better than the rest. And if anyone doesn't like it, well, lump it. But he will say, 
Uh, oh, other supermarkets are equally as good as Sainsbury's and all this nonsense. Again, it's this politically, politi- I can't even say it, politically correct business, isn't it? Or politically correct nonsense. I like animals. I prefer animals to people sometimes. Not all people, but with animals, you can have a good relationship, whether it be a dog or a cat or a horse. I don't know about a goldfish in a bowl. But you can have a, a good relationship. They, they're loving, aren't they? They're loyal and loving, which is great. Not to say some people aren't. Most people aren't. <laughs> some people are. I don't know. But with an animal, I don't know, it's a different thing. It's, you can have a lovely relationship and, uh, you know, for life, a lifetime relationship. Animals don't let you down, do they? They don't argue. Oh, can you stand? I can't stand arguments. Argument. I don't see the point. You can never win an argument. Uh, the best way with an argument I have found over the years, if someone tries arguing, the best way is to agree with them. Because they, <laughs> I, mean, I suppose this is pathetic and childish, but if they know that you don't agree with them, then you suddenly say, well, actually, yes, looking at it from your point of view, you're right. Yes, you're right. I agree. Then they're stumped. They can't argue anymore because there's nothing to argue about. I've done that. I've tried that in the past. It does work. The trouble is it annoys them even more because then they'll say, well, you don't agree with me. And you'll say, well, I, I do. I've just said I agree with you. No, no, no. You're just saying that. And so it goes on. Don't get that with horses. I love horses. Don't get that with horses. Years ago, my wife had a horse. And in the winter, I used to take, in, on my way to work in the morning, I'd go up to the field with a big bucket full of oats and whatever. She made up this food, oats and stuff. And he'd see me. He'd be right across the other side of the field. And he'd see me come up, walk up to the fence. And he'd lift his head, he'd look across the field, he, you could see him moving his head around, and he'd recognise me, and he would come galloping, flying across the field. Or his, you know, his neighing bit, whatever, I can't do horse noises. And he'd come rushing up to me, and he'd nudge his head into my shoulder and stuff, and I'd give him his, his bucket of food. Uh, it was a great, you know, good relationship. It was really good. It wasn't my horse, it was my wife's. Well, our horse, I suppose. We were married, so it was ours. That's another thing with relationships, isn't it? I mean, people that you know, live together, in love together or whatever they do, they have his and hers. I, we don't do that. Our money, for example, is our money. It's all in one pot. So many people have different, different bank accounts. Someone said to me recently, I'm going to treat my wife to a meal out this weekend. I'm going to take her out for a meal. It's my turn to pay. I said, your turn to pay? Well, she paid last time, so my turn to pay. I can't understand that. We go out for a meal, we both pay. Mind you, we tend not to go out for meals. Well, now there's lockdown, we can't. But if we go out for meals, I'm a bit fussy. And uh, I don't <laughs> I don't like things. What we do now, my wife will go online and look at the menu. We're going to a so-and-so restaurant. Right, so she'll look on the menu several days before to see whether there's anything I would like because I'm so fussy, I, I would turn the whole lot down. I don't want that. I'm not eating that. <laughs> I don't like all this weird food. I, you know, I don't know why they don't do beans on toast with brown sauce. I like beans on toast. But they don't seem to do that. I did ask for that once in a restaurant. There was nothing on the menu. I don't like these weird meat dishes and stuff. And I said to the waiter, any chance I could just have beans on toast? And he said, no. 
I thought, well, that's nice, isn't it? Again, I mean, what sort of customer service? They had beans. They had bread. Surely they had brown sauce. They could have a couple of bits of bread in a toaster, warm some beans up in the microwave, chuck them on and squirt brown sauce on top. That's all I wanted. Well, no, we don't do that. It's not on the menu. I said, well, I know it's not on the menu, but can you do it? No, if it's not on the menu, oh, do they count the chips? I knew a chap years ago. He worked in a pub where there was a pub-type restaurant. And he was in the kitchen. He said, yeah, they count the chips. And I said, you're joking. He said, no, 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 they do. It was a chain of pubs or restaurants or whatever. It wasn't just owned by one person. It was a whole chain of them. And they all had to count the chips onto the plate. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Talk about penny pinching. There was one restaurant I went to years ago. I had soup for starter. I forget what soup it was. And it came, they put it on the table. And it had Parmesan cheese on the top. And the smell... It's like old socks. And I called the waiter back. I said, sorry, I, I can't have this. And he was so apologetic. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. He said, we should have asked if he really wanted Parmesan or not. And I said, no, sorry, I can't. I'll change it for you, sir. Don't worry, I'll change it. And he did. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant restaurant that was. That, uh, what's that now? I think, it's, uh, I think it's a block of flats. That's awful, isn't it? Several pubs around here. Well, most of them have closed permanently I mean before lockdown they closed but uh, several of them have been made into blocks of flats I can think offhand of one two three four just uh, offhand made into flats oh one's a supermarket that was a nice pub it's now a supermarket talking of pubs you know they've eased the lockdown in the UK now the, the restrictions they've eased it uh, I think it was last Monday they started you know you can now have people in the garden or something like that People have been out, especially Tuesday, that red-hot day, especially Tuesday, they've been to parks and beaches and all sorts of public places and absolutely trashed them. Have you seen the photos of the rubbish? I mean, even if you live in abroad somewhere, you can see all the, you know, UK-type news. Photographs and videos of rubbish, the parks, littered with rubbish, bottles, cans, even dirty nappies. Diapers to you in America. <laughs> no, I don't mean diapers to you. You know what I mean. I'm not being rude to you. But you know, even dirty nappies just chucked on the grass in a park or chucked on the beach. In our day, when I was a boy, you know, we would go out for a picnic. We'd go to a park. We'd go to the beach or the woods. We'd take our rubbish home. We didn't leave one speck of litter there. Wherever we went, we didn't throw rubbish out of car windows like people do now. I don't know what's happened. And this is the younger people, the youngsters. What sort of country is this going to be when, you know, us oldies have gone and these youngsters grow up and leave their rubbish everywhere and their kids will do the same? What's it going to look like in, you know, sort of two or three decades' time? It's going to be awful, isn't it? I don't understand that. I don't understand people that do this fly-tipping they think, oh, there's a farmer's field. That I'll chuck a mattress in the farmer's field. Someone else can deal with that. Or a pile of rubble. You know, they'll tip the back of their lorry up and let a load of old rubble go onto someone's field or in the woods. That's awful. I don't understand people that do that. It's the upbringing. When I was a boy, here we go again. When I was a boy, people used to say, I blame the parents. You know, if one of the kids was bad and perpetually bad and naughty and in trouble... People would say, well, I blame the parents. And I suppose that's fair enough. Who else's fault is it? Who, whose fault is it that the child hasn't been brought up properly? 
Well, it's the parents, isn't it? I say that now to my mother-in-law. <laughs> if a wife does something, I just say, no, well, I blame the parents. <laughs> Makes her laugh, that does. Talking of relationships, the old mother-in-law jokes. I get on really well with my mother-in-law. And no, she doesn't listen to these podcasts, so I'm not just saying that. I get on really well with her, which is good. But so many people don't, I know. My wife does a lot of cooking. She's just done a load of uh, hot cross buns for um, Easter. She calls them not cross buns because she hasn't put the cross bit on the top. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're buns and they're hot. Father-in-law used to call them warm and angry or something. Yeah, hot and cross, I don't know. But whenever mother-in-law comes around here, she'll take home cake. You know, my wife's cooked some cake. She'll take half the cake, ginger cake she likes, and a couple of hot cross buns. And my wife will say, oh, I'll just see what's in the freezer. Look, there are, there's a couple of meals, a couple of curries that we made uh, recently, because what we do, the cooking, I say we, sounds good, doesn't it? What my wife does, I cook a huge pot of stuff and then freeze it, put it in plastic tubs and freeze it. And I'm always having jokes when the mother-in-law leaves. I'll say, oh, hang on, I, I just want to check your back. What have you got this time? And I look at, oh, actually, yeah, my ginger cake. Oh, wow, one of my curries. Yeah, OK, yeah. Just want to make sure you're not nicking all my food. I'm getting too thin as it is. And she laughs. Um, my brother-in-law, her other son-in-law, he does a similar thing. <laughs> she'll phone him and she'll say, uh, yeah, can she speak to yeah, his wife, her, her daughter? And he says, um, yeah, I suppose you can, yeah. Well, what do you want? <laughs> all this sort of thing. Or is she there? And he says, yeah, she's here, thanks. And he hangs up. And she has to phone back. Yeah, well, if she's there, can I speak to her? Oh, right. Oh, you didn't say that. You just said, is she here? Anyway, it's all good fun because she lives alone now. She lost her husband, sadly, a year ago. A year ago this month. Um, he was in a home and uh, COVID and the rest of it. Anyway, we won't dwell on that. So, yeah, she lives alone now. So we, don't, we, we all look after her and we all have these jokes with her. So where are we now? What day it is? Um, she comes round to us on a Saturday and nicks all my food. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, bad news, really bad news. Our frog spawn, it's all dead. The little black dots in, in all the bubbles, you know, they've gone sort of white and greyish in colour. We looked it up online, they're dead. There was a frost, a night frost recently, and one of my neighbours have lost their, well, no, two of the neighbours have lost their frog spawn. And it's the cold, it was that frost. What a shame, I would have put a blanket over the pond had I known. So there's me, I've been every day, I've been looking out there waiting for tadpoles, there won't be any now. First time we've had that pond, what, six years? First time we've had frog spawn and it dies. Oh, now I feel good, I blame the parents. <laughs> Not that I'm the parent, but I was the, I was the carer, I suppose. I should have put a blanket over the pond well, it was a, was it last week? I can't remember. I had a really frosty night. Anyway, no frogs this Well, we got frogs hopping around, but uh, no little frogs this year, sadly. Talking of Easter, well, which I was about an hour ago at the beginning of the episode, I was looking online this morning. I go onto Twitter, you know, there's all sorts on Twitter, as you know. And someone said on there that certain supermarkets aren't selling eggs called Easter eggs because apparently the term Easter eggs offends some people I don't quite know who or why they've always been Easter eggs and they what, what's wrong with that I do you know I can't keep up with all this 
un was it unpolitically correct, isn't it? Um, that's, no, that's me. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. I get confused. Yeah, all this political correctness. I just get so confused these days. So we can't now call them Easter. So what do we call them if they're not Easter eggs? Uh, bunny eggs. No, rabbits don't have eggs, do they? I don't know what we call them, but it, it honestly, I just look at that blue sky out there now. Looking over the downs, the South Downs, blue sky. Do you know this morning it was freezing cold, absolutely freezing cold, and a wind. And they did say on the weather forecast it was going to brighten up this afternoon. Where are we? I don't even know what day we are. Friday. Yeah, uh, Easter. Uh, yes, yeah, Good Friday, of course. And they were right. The weather forecast I found. If they're talking about a week away or next month or something, it's completely wrong. But if they're talking about a few hours or even tomorrow, they do get it about right. It's, I was going to say, it's quite impressive. It is actually because, you know, long, the long-term forecast, forget it. But a few hours away, like tomorrow, say 24 hours or even a couple of days, they've said something like, oh, there's going to be rain in a couple of days in the afternoon, about three in the afternoon. And do you know they're right? I've actually sort of made a note of that. And about three o'clock in the afternoon, a couple of days on, it rains. So they are getting there. They're getting there slowly. <laughs> I, I, would, I just want the sun to come out. Well, it's out now, but it's cold. I told you um, about the tadpoles. We've got a tortoise. He's out of hibernation now. And he's keeping warm. I was hoping to put him out. He's a Herman's Mediterranean type. So he doesn't need to be in a vivarium. What's that? Here we go. News flash. News alert. I wonder what that says. I'll have a look. Yes, yeah, so he doesn't need to be in a vivarium. England's R number could be as high as one. OK. Right. As no figure for whole of UK given by sage advice. I don't know. That's something else that confuses me. Lockdown, not lockdown. There's anti-lockdown people. There's anti-vax people. And there's vax people. There's Brexiteers and Remainers. I don't know what... <laughs> When I was a boy, do you know, I know back in the 50s, hello, we've got Morse code, Morse code going on. Back in the 50s, I don't remember any of this stuff, but I don't remember, even in my teens, all this sort of stuff going on. You know, you can't call boys and girls boys and girls because it offends some of them. And now Easter, I mean, Easter eggs, God, oh dear, come on. What, what are we going to have next? We're not going to be able to say, oh, it's... Uh, it's raining this afternoon. That might upset. So, oh, someone's upset. I said it was raining. Sorry, I should have said. There's precip. I can. You know, I can never. I can't. What's that word? Precipitation. I said it. It's easy for you to say. Precipitation or something like that. Raining. It's raining, isn't it? So I think uh, I'd actually. I could write a book. I could write a book to help people. I could. What can I call the book? How how not to how not to offend people and get arrested. So I can make a whole list. Easter eggs aren't Easter eggs. I remember years, in fact, decades ago, some people in offices uh, weren't allowed to put up Christmas cards. You know, Christmas is coming, you're in the office, and all the people in the office, they, they start putting up Christmas cards and things, and a few decorations, you know, not, not over the top, but a few decorations, and they weren't allowed to do it because it upset certain people. And what's that? There's a machine. Someone's doing something outside. Oh, I did one thing this morning. Because we had the car MOT'd and serviced, that was a few hundred pounds. This morning, 
I've been waiting for a nice warm day and I missed Tuesday because, well, that's the day the car was serviced. So today I went out there, freezing it was, and I got the pressure washer out and I did the car, blasted it all. (laughs) No, not too much because it takes off the paintwork if you're not careful. I blasted the wheels and everything and all underneath, under the wheel arches, blasted the whole thing and it looks like a new car. I, I couldn't believe it. It looks like a brand new car now. I went out a bit later when the sun was out and I said to my wife, I said, look, who's that part of their new car on the drive? <laughs> no, it really does look nice. I said to her, I tried to work out when we last washed the car and do you know, it was last summer. I reckon it's getting on for a year. Last summer, I'm just going to see what all that noise is outside. Hang on a second. I don't know what that was, whatever it was, it's gone. I've just been watching the news on television. I just made a cup of tea, watch the news. And they're on about teachers being stressed and pupils at school being stressed. And I thought back to when I was at school. I don't think any of us kids were stressed. It was all rather lax, to be honest. That's a funny word, isn't it? Lax. It was all rather lax, to be be honest. The teachers certainly weren't stressed. They couldn't have been more laid back. I think I've told you before, the art teacher, he sat at his desk at the front of the class, transistor radio, listening to the pirate ships, the pirate radio stations, and having a cigarette had an ashtray on his desk. He was certainly laid back. I've never met anyone so laid back. And the, well, I remember the English teacher, she sat up the front. Oh, she said, I remember once she said, okay, all write a little story and include in the story, I'll never forget this, a postman, a letterbox, a train and railway crossing gates and a couple of other things. (laughs) So my story was about one paragraph long. I was waiting at the crossing gates and saw a train go by and there was a postman at the gates as well and I thought he would be late for his round because the gates were closed (laughs) and that was my story and she didn't care she just came round she had a look she said you could have written a little bit more than that that's not uh, that was what she said Uh, not that it's not interesting she said that's boring and I I must I had to laugh at the time because I said the subject's boring and she sort of gave me this knowing look you know she knew I was right the how could you write about a crossing gate and a postman and a train? Stone the crows. But we weren't under any stress or pressure at school. Not as far as I remember. I hated it. But that didn't stress me. All I did was look forward to the afternoon when school finished every day and the weekends and the holidays. I played truant. I think I've told you this before as well. I played truant. That's where you, what do they call it these days? You bunk off school. And I got caught, the deputy headmaster was looking out of the window as I'm going down the drive with my bike. And he yelled out of the window, you boy, (laughs) oops, that's me, come here. I went there, I got the cane. And he said to me, this is going on your school report that you just, you know, you get fed up halfway through the day, so you just clear off home. And he said, no one will employ you. What employer would have someone when they read the report that says, Oh, they get fed up and just go home any old time during the day. He said, you'll never get a job now. Did that stress me? No, no, I couldn't give him care less. I just went home after that. It was a Friday, I know that, because it was a weekend. It didn't worry me at all. 
And when I did eventually leave school and go for a job, my school report wasn't mentioned. The chap wanted to know about me, you know, the chap that interviewed me. It was radio and TV, a apprentice engineer I wanted to be. He just said, you interested in radio, TV, electronics? I said, oh, yes, I always have been. He said, oh, OK, yeah, start Monday. No mention of any school report. And I'm sure had he looked at the... Well, it wasn't on the report anyway, but had it been on the report that I'd played truant, and had he seen it on the report, he'd probably have thought, oh, yeah, this lad's all right. <laughs> He's a normal sort of bloke. <laughs> he, he certainly wouldn't have not employed me. I don't know. I do know from talking to the grandchildren that school these days is very different, obviously, than it was back in the 50s and 60s. They do have some pressure, it seems, but I don't know. I don't know how much pressure they have. I think this thing I saw on the TV, they were talking more about lockdown and the, you know, the pandemic and all that business, whether schools opened and then it closes, then it opens, it's all going to be okay. No, close the school again. It, I suppose it does put stress on people, but uh, certainly in our day. I don't know, in our day, I think there was there was more discipline at school, uh, certainly more discipline. You know, we wouldn't have uh, answered the teachers back, wouldn't have given them any back chat or anything like that, because you, know, you get the cane or detention or whatever. There was certainly more discipline. If a teacher said, do this or do that, then you did it. Homework... Well, no, oh, mind you, homework, the teacher would say, do the homework, and half of the kids didn't, me included. I, I couldn't do homework. I'm all day at school that I hate. I get home, well, that's it. I don't want to do homework. It's rather like having a job, isn't it? Then you finish at five, say, at your office, nine till five, you go home. Then in the evening, you've got to do more work, more office work in your own time. No, no, not certainly wasn't going to do that. Did it affect my education? Not really because I didn't have an education. I was either looking out of the window, playing truant. Well, I think, um, when was it? I left at 14. Ended up in hospital with a ruptured liver. So I left school at 14 and never went back. Uh, and look where it's got me. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't answer that. Talking of school, I had an email from Ray, my namesake. Hello, Ray. Ray's uh, come up with an idea for... The first day at school, in an episode about the first day at school. Funnily enough, Ray, your experience, basically Ray went to school on his first ever day, what, five years old, that's what I was. And come playtime, in those days, as Ray says, you know, the school gates weren't locked, you could just wander in and out. He went home. Do you know, I did the very same thing. I went home. My mother took me there. It was literally round the corner, to the end of our road, round the corner, over the road, and there's the school probably, what, 300 yards in total, if that. She dumped me there in the morning. I was crying, of course, at five years old, you do. But other kids weren't crying. It, was just, it wasn't just me. So I hated school before I even got there, I think. And come playtime, I was out in the playground looking at all these children. And I do remember, although I was only five, I remember thinking, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here. I want to be at home, you know, where I've got my toys and my own stuff. I don't want to be here with strangers. So I just wandered down the driveway, crossed the road, round the corner and went home. Of course, my mother took me straight back, as Ray's mother did. Yes, I found your email very interesting, Ray. His mother took him straight back. <laughs> His mum and auntie were decorating the wallpaper in the lounge and uh, Ray sneaked in. Uh, can you say sneaked? Or was it snuck? Or whatever. He crept in, hid behind the sofa. 
Anyway, they found him, obviously, and marched him back to school. Exactly what happened to me. Marched me back to school. And uh, that was it. I had to stay there. But it was very, very different in those days, of course. I mean, these days, they're not all the security and the big fences and locked gates aren't to keep the kids in. It's to keep weirdos out, isn't it? Oh, dear, I don't know what's happened to the world. I suppose I shouldn't say what's happened to the world because as someone pointed out to me the other day, a lot of things then and now, you can't make comparisons because things are so very, very different now. And I do see that kind of argument, well, not argument, point of view. For example, a lot of stress, I think, with children these days comes from this online, whatever you call it, online media stuff, uh, social thing. You know, WhatsApp and Facebook and uh, Instagram. The kids, I think, are all on that and they've got to get they've got to get the most likes. You know, everyone likes me. They have to make people like them. And they pose for photographs and things online. So they get lots of likes. And I think from what I understand, I mean, I don't know, but from what I understand hearing on the news and bits and pieces, that does seem to cause the kids a lot of stress, I suppose. Of course, in our day, this is why people say, oh, you can't really make any comparison. We didn't have any of that. We get bullies at school. I was bullied. Well, not was I bullied? Oh, I don't know. There were some one or two stupid kids. But uh, yes, in our days, I suppose we had bullies. That's, they're still around, of course. But it's different. It's online bullying, isn't it? Social media is that's what is it? I don't know what it's called. What I've never understood about that is if you're say you've got a, a Facebook account and there's other kids going on there, well, you can block them, can't you? Or if it's really bad, just close your Facebook account. Don't go on Facebook. I suppose then the kids would say, oh, well, you know, everyone else is on there. Why can't I? I don't know. No comparison, possibly. And teaching methods have changed anyway. Hey, what's that got to do with relationships? I've gone on about schools and things. There we are. We're coming up to the hour. The weather isn't looking brilliant at all. I've just double-checked the forecast. Monday is snow, gale force winds and hailstones and bitterly cold, to quote the weather lady on the telly. Bitterly cold. So it looks like winter's coming back. OK, that's it for another week. Enjoy your Easter weekend. And I need some ideas for next Sunday's episode. I haven't got a clue what to do. I don't know how I've done this so far, actually. A little bit of repetition here and there over the what, couple of years, almost 100 episodes now. There are bound to be one or two things I mentioned more than once. <laughs> but uh, if you've got any ideas, I'd love to hear from you. Raise rants at protonmail.com. So email me, even if you haven't got any ideas, just email me and say hello. Love to hear from you. Take care. Bye-bye for now.